just saying, talk to a lot of people around the league. Is there like a way to get LeBron James to the Suns? Instead of Devin Booker, CP3, and Aiden? Wait a minute. There's a lot of draft picks that the Suns have. There's familiarity with James and LeBron, um, you know, general manager. And, I, you know, I, I just, I get this inclination that I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to be all in. I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around. And there might be a rebuilding process. And in the process of that, who better than a trade partner than the Phoenix Suns, who feel like they're always right there, but just seem to not be able to get over the hump? Wait, wait, what? Jay Williams on with Wolf and Luke yesterday here on Arizona Sports. That's how we kick off the 7 o'clock Oh, hour. yeah. With that little yeah. seed planted. Uh-huh. Um, before- and it should be noted, that was unprompted. They didn't ask about LeBron. No. He just brought that up. Well, it, he's not the only one talking about that. There's an anonymous scout in the NBA who brought this up, mm-hmm. where I think the genesis of this whole thing is. And, Step and, forward, anonymous scout. Make yourself known. Well, because the Suns, for they've got they've got their cachet of draft picks, and a lot of people have wondered, what are you doing if you're a team that's all in it? This is not the way you operate. Teams that are generally in it to win this particular year, you've got you've got picks going out, you got picks coming in, you've been moving, you've yeah. been moving stuff to get better. And James Jones has done nothing, <laughs> and a lot of people have wondered, okay, there's got to be a move coming here. There and and there very well could be. There's some facts that we need to get out there before we have this discussion. Okay. Fact, LeBron James is part of the Los Angeles Lakers, who are an absolute dumpster fire of a basketball team right now. Jay Williams hit on some points in that soundbite that they're they're right on the doorstep of of a rebuild. Uh, The other fact that you need to consider is LeBron James cannot be traded this season. Uh, because of a contract stipulation where the second year of his extension, which he's currently in, represented a 5% raise. So he'll be a free agent at the end of next year. That's where, and I look, almost every fiber of my being wants to shoot this down. Mm-hmm. But let's look at next year. The Suns will have made a run. And we have to assume this is a run together with the core that they have now. And let's just say that that run falls short. Why not at that point? Why not? Because he's LeBron. The, he, he, here's no. I, listen, it, it's fascinating because uh, when I watch the Suns, I do not see a team that can win a championship right now. I, I don't think they've got the requisite pieces. Unfortunately, the the Jay Crowder thing is going to be resolved. They look like they're going to be a four, five, six seed. That's going to be. What's the matter with you, Jared? You hit your funny bones. Pain my elbow. <laughs> ah! Thick. There's not a funny bone in Jared's body. <laughs> <laughs> what that was. Wow, uncalled for. I know. No, very (laughs) called for. Well, ruthless. Derek, you're very funny, and I appreciate you. No, no, there's not a a funny bone in his body. Sucking up to your mom right now, Sarah. Good. That's right. Don't you dare back away from that. (laughs) No, good line. That's the line of the year. That is the line of the year, (laughs) Jared. You don't have. It is high. It is far. My arm is broken. (laughs) Wow. That was a wild visual, though. All of a sudden, his arms just fly. Oh yeah, he was just yeah, yeah. yeah that is not a good feeling. Anybody who's Man. done that knows. It's bleeding. Oh is my gosh! It, is it really? Uh oh. Carry uh, on, carry on. Don't get stuck in time out for infection control. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So, okay. So here's my thoughts on this. Um, uh, yeah. The LeBron James thing is interesting, but the, say you sacrifice all that capital to get LeBron James. It, isn't he, it, he's going to sign a, he's just going to sign a one year deal because he wants to line up with Bronny. But that's what I'm talking about next year. If he's free and clear, LeBron James is a billionaire. Does he need to take a max contract on principle? Or no. At this point of his career, the, is he a guy that says, yeah, I'll take less to try to win a championship But the Suns would have else? to be in a position to draft his son. Which would be the year after next, yes. I think? Yes. Yeah. So, again, I, I, it Do sounds... Do know it, if his son is even going to play in the NBA? Is he good enough? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You're right. That's a great question. I, I'm fascinated by this because, like you said, some of this makes sense because Chris Paul and LeBron are very close. James Jones and LeBron, Jones and LeBron are very close. And it just, the, the thing that makes me wonder about this is, even though the Lakers do need to blow things up, the Lakers have and will always be a team that needs a star, a team that needs a show. It was why they sided with Kobe over Shaq many, many years ago. You need that guy to bring out the celebs and keep them spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in season tickets. It's been their whole brand. So for them to actually do something smart... Like trade LeBron for picks? I don't see the Lakers doing it. It's just not what they do. Yeah, uh, here's more from uh, Jay Williams yesterday with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would take a, a swath of picks. I think it would have to talk about uh, some future things that might need to occur as it relates to little Bronny. And I also think, you know, it, it's but like I look at the relationship that he's had with management days back in Cleveland. With James and and I also look at the relationship he's had with CP3 and like their ability always wanting to play together. Um, and I look at longevity in this league. I mean, look, he, he's look. There's some challenges injury wise potentially at this stage, yes. But I I, it, I just don't think anything's out of the realm anymore. I I, no. I look at this Lakers team and I think that they're a team that's going to be on the outside looking in. And now Rob Palenka and Jenny Buss are really going to be at this this stage where they're going to have to think about, you know, do they want to jeopardize, you know, their only two picks to be all in for the next year and then jeopardize the future of this franchise? You know, um, when will LeBron want to be there long term after next year? I'm not really sure that's the case. Um, I started thinking about this when when this gained traction, especially yeah. after that interview. Uh-huh. You can read more about it on our website at ArizonaSports.com. Just from a Suns fan standpoint. I am not a fan of LeBron James. Um, it's impossible not to be a fan of how he plays the game of basketball, though. There's that. Uh-huh. He's a tremendous player. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and still anybody, is. And anybody who says otherwise is is just you know either wrong or bitter. But how would that feel if the Suns' first championship ever in 55, 56 years? Because I want that to happen more than anything in sports. Mm-hmm. But how would you feel? It would be such a conflicted feeling for Suns fans, I think, for a lot of them. I I really don't like the way that it makes me feel right now. Yeah. Because I I think we all agree that is the championship we want more than any. The Suns to win an NBA title. And we, I, I really want it to be special when it happens. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it's a mercenary like LeBron James swinging over, you know, I've, I've said this before. I'd rather have Kevin Durant personally, but, but he brings his own, <laughs> he brings his own That's bag of thing. rats with him too. Kevin Durant can be traded this year. Uh huh. 
And the, and the Brooklyn Bro- the Bro- just gave up 153 points to the Kings. Yes, they did. The Kings. Yes. Uh, and Brooklyn doesn't have to wait around. If they can find a partner, if they want to blow things up, and they're 6-9 and nine right now in a total mess, they can they can deal with anybody they want to on Kevin Durant. They don't have to wait for the Suns no. until January 15th mm-hmm. to get the requisite pieces they want back. Right. That's uh, I- exactly. And so and I'm not sure the way DA is playing. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Uh, let me just back up and say that uh, the LeBron thing would feel weird. And if we all want the Suns to win a championship that badly, I, I really do believe if he swooped in next year and then they won it. I. I, I, I it's the problem I have with super teams. It's it's these things become very insulated. They become about three guys and not a team in a city, and everybody kind of feeling like they're all part of it. That's that's the joy of the Suns team that still exists today, mostly because of Mikael Bridges and Devin Booker, but for other guys as well. Is people feel close to them? People feel like yeah, that's our team. Yeah, but super. I, I agree with, I, with the people that believe that the trend of the super team is going away. If you look at the last two champions, yes, the Milwaukee Bucks went out and got help. Do you consider the Golden State Warriors a super team? I don't. Most of their core is homegrown guys, a blend of of new guys and, and, and guys that have been there through the championships. That trend might be over. Look at the super teams now. The Lakers suck. The Nets suck. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Those are the two big right. Clippers are mediocre. The Clippers are, well, the, can't the, get anybody. super team can't get anybody super, on the court. Yeah. The, the interesting thing was you mentioned Durant. If LeBron pulled, if like, suppose the Suns actually won the championship this year. And then in the offseason, LeBron's like, yeah, I want to join that. Yeah, I mean. Pull a Durant. I think that would probably cool off any interest the Suns could possibly have. Oh, absolutely. If they did it on their own, absolutely. why do you why need, it, no, need to bring absolutely. in LeBron? And James Jones doesn't strike me as a super team general manager. <laughs> he's got a plan. He's methodical. He's Although he was part of things. one of the original super teams in Miami. That doesn't mean it. Uh, you doesn't know. mean he likes it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, and he wasn't one of the super players, with all due respect to James. I, I just think it's a fascinating discussion. Yeah. Coming up next, uh, Eno Benjamin's got a new team. The Houston Texans will get into some details on... What might have led to his departure from Arizona next? It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I've never seen it. I've never seen it happen, but you just won it. You got your, a win against the L.A. Rams, you know. That's a big deal for the Cardinals. They, they needed that win. They're going to need to win next week as well. So you don't want to have these things lingering on. Like you could be, you know, cutting off a finger to save a hand later on down the line. That's Jalen Strong, former ASU and NFL receiver on the Extra Point podcast from uh, AZ Family, talking about the Eno Benjamin situation. We all had a little bit of a shock on Monday when the news came out about 2 o'clock that, hey, you know, Benjamin's been released by the Arizona Cardinals, Mm -hmm. didn't clear waivers, first team that had an opportunity at him. And apparently, according to the reports, there were several teams that wanted in on Eno Benjamin. And all those teams played the Cardinals this year. Yes, they did. Uh, The Texans end up getting him. On that same podcast, Kent Summers, a columnist for AZ Central, former Cardinals beat writer for a long time, so you know he uh, he gets good information. When it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, he had a couple of things to say. First, this I heard, you know, also that Eno made it evident during the game that he wasn't happy, you know, and I thought it was strange during the game that the the, the one time they did go to a, the backup, it was Keontae Ingram and not 
Eno Benjamin, and we all were wondering, you know, where's where's Eno? I mean, his only significant play in that game was, you know, when he botched the kick return. Uh, they gave him poor field positions. But just a bizarre turn of events, and uh, I guess he's a Houston Texan now. The Texans claimed him uh, today on the waiver wire. So, and in fairness, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, said he knows nothing of any of altercation in the locker room or words being exchanged. Um, he doesn't think that's true. So he worded it very carefully, more than an outright uh, denial. But I, I've been assured by a, a couple people that it happened. Okay, more on that uh, alleged altercation. Here's Kent Summers from the Extra Point podcast on that. Words start to filter out. A couple of other people reported, look, Eno was unhappy with his playing time. And uh, and I delved into it a little bit and confirmed that, that he let those feelings be known during last week's game in which he played one offensive play and I think four special teams plays. Um, and heard that, you know, he got into uh, an altercation in the locker room with an assistant coach. You know, and the backdrop of all this is, hey, the Cardinals won in Los Angeles and are celebrating in that same locker room, smiles all around, Cliff Kingsbury's handing out game balls, and then you've got this other situation going on. And so that's, you know, maybe more will leak out, but obviously the, the Cardinals found the whole deal untenable and, and let him go. If what Kent Summers put out there is true, mm-hmm. then this is not as surprising. Uh, and we've seen strife on the sidelines before, you know, going into this, you know, and you're thinking, why would they get rid of, you know, Benjamin? We know it was more than him telling a coach or a teammate to calm the bleep down because that's happened twice and there was no penalties for, for that. For Kyler Murray, right, and exactly. If this is indeed true and there was an altercation, we don't know the details. If it was physical, it was if it was verbal. I'm thinking if it was just verbal, you know, Benjamin would still be here. That's yeah. just me assuming something. Yeah. But if that's the case, then the Cardinals were right to do this. Well, yes, but and I'm not. I, I think that's that's part of the story. And and I think shame on Eno for for soiling what is a a good performance for the team, a must yes. win for the team, yes. and making it about him. Yes. But but if he did it during the game, you have to ask yourself again. What, what were his expectations? Was he surprised by the fact that he wasn't playing um, any offensive snaps? A great point. And because if he if he erupted during the game, that must that's a lack of communication. That that's something where he's like, wait a minute, why am I not playing? And and so and I don't I still don't uh, absolve Eno Benjamin from that. But again, I, I'm dialing back and I'm wondering what exactly is happening here, and is this okay to have these bizarre jumps in participation from certain players? We talked yesterday about Greg Dorch, breakout pay, player early, suddenly buried. Then he shows his unhappiness on social media. Suddenly, we think. Pl- <laughs> yeah, right, right. You think <laughs> suddenly featured again. Now he's buried again. And okay, yeah, I get it. I, I and and I'm not uncool with the fact that that uh, now that you know DeAndre Hopkins is back and Rondale Moore is actually really evolving the last few games. I I don't really worry about Greg Dortch's feelings per se, but this is a recurring thing, isn't it? Communication. Yep. What are what are guys expecting to hear? And if you if you have guys waffling from week to week on what their role is, that that can't be healthy, right? I don't think so. No. Uh, go back to Monday. Cliff Kingsbury, the day after the game, was asked uh, why Eno saw fewer snaps. And this is right before that release came out that he had been released. We talked about James getting the full share, if you will. I mean, he'd been banged up, had the ribs, and it was basically one of those deals where he, it was time to give him the 
starting running back reps and I thought he played at a high level and got better as the game went on allowed him to get in a rhythm and you know did what we needed him to now, do he says that we discussed getting James the full compliment of, of starting running back carries Who's, mm-hmm. was it the coaching staff was, uh, to your point Vic was right. that communicated clearly to Eno Benjamin because as Kent Summers brought up in one of those sound bites we played from, from the Extra Point podcast they went to Keontae Ingram first for, yeah. for a carry or, right. I, I think he actually had a couple carries in that game nothing significant <laughs> but he was the next guy in line after James Conner which we had not seen that before when did that kickoff return happen in the context of the game? I can't place it in my memory right now. Uh, I'd have to look it up myself. I, I can't. Because, well, it, it, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we know that Eno was guilty of a bad mental error that Cliff Kingsbury s- singled out after a game. And that was that illegal crackback block on a run from Kyler Murray that nullified a really good play. Right. Uh-huh. And so that was a that was a, a, a bad moment for him that that the head coach noted specifically. And and I think both of our reactions happened to be. Hold on, man. There's all sorts of dudes making all sorts of mental errors on this football team. This team is loaded up with pre-snap penalties. You're, you're tripping out because, you know, Benjamin did something bad. If, if he compounded that with a really bad mistake, then then maybe it became punitive. And maybe that's where the whole thing's got sideways. Then then you get back to just the what's going on with this team and the lack of of, of assistant coaches and communication. That, to me, is is the other story attached to this. Yeah. So that happened. Oh, you got it? That happened in the uh, third quarter. Okay. After the Daryl Henderson touchdown, the Cardinals were up 17-10. The kickoff uh, okay. was so muffed. that wouldn't be it. And they took over at the 15-yard line. Okay, so, I mean, it, so, so he wasn't playing really all the way up to then anyway. So yeah. the full commitment to James Conner, again, on the surface, you don't have an issue with it. He had a productive day. But if you're Eno Benjamin and you had been carrying this running game, that might be too strong of a word. If you had been, you know, given the team everything they wanted and then you had expectation that you were still going to play and then suddenly you weren't, mm-hmm. that that to me, it, it kind of speaks to something. And you you mentioned, you know, they had a running backs coach who who had to be removed from the team based on a, Saxon, a, yeah. a domestic violence assault in Indianapolis. And that guy has not been replaced. He's not. Um, I wonder how much more will be uh, given to, to this particular subject. Well, We're going to get the first yeah. in, in terms of explanation on it. I, look, I don't think the Cardinals are going to come out and describe in detail what happened. No. You know, Kent Summers made reference to Drew Rosenhaus saying he hadn't heard of anything. Well, of course, the agent's not going to say, oh, my client got into Oh, argument. my client lost his mind. <laughs> Pulled a Clay Thompson. I wouldn't want to play with that guy. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm really curious about this because this is an actual thing that led a hometown favorite player to be shipped out of here unceremoniously. And as Sarah pointed out, he got picked up in a heartbeat. Yeah. You would think between media availability, yeah. between media availability and hard knocks tonight, by tomorrow we should know something more. Yeah, operative word being should. Well, yeah. yeah, and again, I think it all gets down to really how much editorial control the Cardinals have over this this series. Mm-hmm. And if there's nothing at all about it, then it's like, yeah, it's it's not hard knocks. Put it that way. Not yet. No. Might soft, be soft taps, taps I call it. Soft taps. In your, yeah. in your column. Yeah. Yeah. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, the big stories of the day. Packaged all neat and stuff by Sarah Cazell. Uh, the Rush like Hour neat reboot. And stuff. It's <laughs> 
Uh, uh, Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome on into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We take you through everything you need to know in Arizona sports and beyond every single day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Jarrett Carlin. I, I skipped to you. What's the matter with you, Jared? You hit your funny bones? Thick. There's not a funny bone in Jared's body. <laughs> I was just going to say the very funny Jared Carl, and then I forgot to say it. And Vince Barada. <laughs> How about you, Sadburns? You want some of this milk? What? What? From Billy he Madison. clearly said, how about you, sideburns? You want some of this milk? <laughs> Don't you get it? <laughs> Duh. Don't you get that I'm running out of stuff to play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, we're all uh, misfiring this morning, starting with me. The Arizona Cardinals guys are back at practice today. They have uh, a date with the 49ers in Mexico City next Monday night. Cliff Kingsbury spoke yesterday about the preparation ahead for a, a big international game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is an incredible experience, first off, to be able to go to that stadium, that legendary stadium, and play in front of 100,000 plus fans and um, then play a division opponent who's, you know, one of the Super Bowl favorites. He's playing at a really high level. It's, it's going to be a great game and a great experience, and our guys will be fired up for this one. And when you talk about the elevation in Mexico City, 7,349 feet compared to Denver, 5,279 feet. So the Mile High City is not even quite as high as uh, the elevation in Mexico City. Reporters asked Cliff Kingsbury about preparing for that higher elevation. Yeah, we looked at all options. Buddy um, does a tremendous job with all those things, did all sorts of research on it. And, um, you know, we felt like the program we could set up here for all the altitude training was um, really good and wouldn't disrupt our routine. And so um, they've been at it for the last two or three weeks. All of our guys have been on it trying to prep for that. But uh, I know it'll be a challenge either way, whether you do that or not. Um, So we just got to line up and and try to play our best football. Vic, you've mentioned this week that you've been to Estadio Azteca. Yes. What are some of the challenges ahead for the Cardinals in this game in that very specific setting? Like I said, it's an intimidating place. You feel like you're really in a fishbowl on field level. Um, and it's it's just a different kind of crowd, obviously. Uh, but I also think that the altitude is, a, is an issue. And there have been a lot of studies done on this. And uh, what what the conclusion seems to be is get into that city as late as possible. I don't know if that's allowed with the Cardinals. I don't know how much ambassadorial stuff they have to do. They're not leaving until Saturday. Okay. That's per Darren right. Urban of okay, that's good. I, I did not. I missed that. That's good to know. Yeah, you, you would think in a perfect world they would come in on a Sunday because apparently you just keep that window as small as you can. Yeah. It's what does that like trick your body or something? Yeah, it doesn't yeah, realize right. what's happening yet. That's yes. That uh, NBA teams going into Denver, they did a bunch of research on this. They just go in as late as possible. Football teams going into Denver, get in as late as possible. Just show up the, like ten minutes before right. takeoff. That's right. <laughs> what could be different? No, I'm just joking. No. That that elevation, by the way, Mexico City. 400 feet higher than even Flagstaff. Oh, Jeez. yeah. 
Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if yeah, if you've ever if any of you guys have ever done any outdoor like brisk walking in <laughs> Flagstaff. Actually, I have. Yeah. I have a friend who makes fun of me during lungs. training camp once. We went for a walk to go get ice cream one night, uh, and he was making fun of me because I was breathing heavy. Well, once you lose your breath, it's hard to get it back. It is. Yeah. It's really, it's a bizarre phenomenon. I also played basketball on that trip, and oh. I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> so uh, I, I am encouraged that Cliff shared that they've they've been at this for a few weeks, yeah. that they've been doing some sort of altitude training. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, this is not a football question, but I'm curious, where would you most want to watch an NFL international game. Right now they have games in Mexico City, in London, and in Munich. Where are you popping off to? I'm going Munich after what I saw there. Sounds like a party. I, uh, and I've I, been one to uh, just belt out John Denver songs at the drop of a hat anyway. Of course. I, I've been one to hold large schooners of beer. So I think <laughs> Munich, I would I would, I would, would kind of hang very naturally and easily in Munich. Yeah. Uh, I've been to one of the games in London, and it was one of the damnedest experiences I've ever had because, it, it, and, and that was when the Cardinals lost to the Rams and mm. Carson Palmer got hurt. Yeah. And they got shut out. They got shut out. It was a horrible <laughs> moment for the time. team. But all week long, there was really zero attention paid play paid to the game in London. Nobody cared. Uh-huh. I mean, the news, it was a blurb in the newspaper. Nobody was talking about it. I tried to talk to people like bartenders and pub workers. Oh, who cares about that? And then you show up and the game was sold out. Yeah. It was bizarre. It was all uh, expatriates. It, it, there was a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's why that vibe in Munich over the weekend seems so cool to me because it did not feel... It felt like it was a real football audience. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. that in London. Yeah. yeah. All right. We've got the Suns and the Warriors tonight at Footprint Center. This is the second time that these teams have played this year. It was a 29-point win for the Suns uh, back in late October. The Suns are 8-5. and five. They're fourth in the West right now. The Warriors are 6-8, and eight, 11th in the West right now. Yes, I know it's still so early in the season, but just based on what you guys have seen from the Warriors and from the Suns so far this year, are the Warriors the team to beat in the West still? Well, Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying Portland. I'm not buying Utah. I, it's Lori Markkinen. Lori, yeah, Lori Markkinen's been tremendous for them. But I'm, I'm just not buying. They that. lost three straight. Yeah. Um, Portland is good. I'm not. No, they're they, good, They're going to be a playoff team. But Western Conference favorite, good. Golden State will be top four by the by the time it's all said yeah. and done. Uh, will they be the team to beat? It's too early. But you know, I'm not. I'm not overly convinced by their six and eight record right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm thinking Golden State, maybe Memphis. Memphis okay. is good. Denver, yeah, yeah, Denver's yeah. going to have maybe their, Denver their act together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Don't, don't count out those Lakers. No, no, yeah. yeah. Wow. We're going to count out those Lakers, Vinny. Thanks for giving me the perfect segue, Vince oh, wow. Murata. We're going to talk about That's the Lakers I'm right like now. A, I'm like a point guard up in here. Speci- specifically, LeBron James. Uh, we've got to touch on something that you've already touched on once in the show, but these are the top stories of the day in the Rush Hour reboot, so we're going to touch on it again. ESPN's Jay Williams went on Wolf and Luke yesterday, as he does every single week, and uh, kind of apropos of nothing, as they were talking about the Suns, he just threw out the idea of LeBron James being traded to the Suns, Landing with his banana boat friend, Chris Paul. Here's what Jay Williams said. I, you know, I, I just, I get this inclination that I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to be all in. I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around. And there might be a rebuilding process. And in the process of that, who better than a trade partner than the Phoenix Suns, who feel like they're always right there, but just seem to not be able to get over the hump? 
getting over the hump. If LeBron James to the Suns meant the Suns really could get over the hump in a championship chase, would you be down for LeBron James on the Phoenix Suns? Uh, conflicted. I, I, I'm still leaning no. Yeah, I, I'm saying no because the very fact that I'm conflicted, I just I, I don't think I would like that feel at all. But then again, it would also mean the Suns didn't win a championship this season. Mm-hmm. So our our mind our mindset might be different after next after this incoming playoffs yeah. postseason. Mm-hmm. The one good thing about having a really good basketball team is not having to worry about making the playoffs. It's always a luxury <laughs> when you have a good team. It's like just it's just you're going to make the playoffs. And yeah. we for for a decade. We couldn't even get close. Yeah. Not. Just didn't, didn't even have to think w- about close it. Close once in that whole decade. The first year of Hornacek as the head coach. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Wow. And the bubble year. And the bubble. Yeah, but that was, I mean, I yes, know, it I was fun, was. but it was it was different. That wasn't been the yes. real. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, there's a, a story online on ArizonaSports.com with more of the comments from Jay Williams. And a lot of our listeners, a lot of our readers are very fired up. Whether positively or negatively Ooh. about the idea of LeBron James. Well, so yeah, he does that to people. Indeed. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yes, you, Sarah. Thanks, Thanks, Rush Sarah. Hour reboot every morning at seven thirty. Coming up next, we'll talk Cardinals football, NFL with a former Cardinal, the one and only Carlos Dansby joins us straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The one and only Carlos Dansby joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Los, Los. good morning. How are you, man? Fellas, fellas, what's going on? What's going on, man? You tell us. We beautiful got, day. We you are what's day, going man. on, Los. You are what's going on. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. We've, we've had so many discussions. This year has been, uh, for lack of a better term, interesting for the Arizona Cardinals. They're 4-6. and six. Sure. They got a win that can convince them, Carlos, that they're still in this thick of, of, a, of a muddled yes. NFC West. How much do you believe that the Cardinals are still a factor in this? Man, they, 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 you always got a shot. You always got a shot, man. With with the with the roster, the way it's set up, um, the, the the level of talent that they have there, man, they always have a shot. They just got to believe, though, as a team, as a unit. Um, I seen Buda Baker speech, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the locker room, man. He got all passionate about, you know, guys really making the sacrifices that they need to make in order to make it there. Bro, you got a shot to get in. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. And you, if you got that, man, you make the sacrifices. Hell, what, what do you really want? Do you really want to be great or, or not? If you don't, man, take off your pads and go ahead, go home, and tell <laughs> tell the ownership, hey, this ain't for me. I had a blast. I'm time. It's time for me to retire. It's a good point. But yeah, it's, yeah. So, that, that's just where you at right now. Right. That's where you at, man. You got a shot to do this. Looking at the rock, looking at the schedule, you got San Fran, you got the Chargers, you got Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Denver. New England, all these teams can be beat. And you finish with San Fran. Yeah. So if you can beat San Fran one out of them two times, you're you 97. Mm-hmm. You're right there in the thick of things. And, and now you you need other people to win and lose. So you, you did your part. You know what's you know interesting is so Colt McCoy comes in last week as a as a veteran and the offense operates on schedule. He gets the ball out of his hand real quick and 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 the offense mm-hmm. looks competent. What yes. is what does the locker room expect? Does the locker room want that guy to to play more or does everyone accept accept that Kyler Murray for all his struggles is still the dude and and we've got to roll with him? What what's going on inside those walls? Mm-hmm. Those? Now that's sticky. That's a sticky situation. Coke went out there and did his thing. I, I love to see it. Um, he was putting the ball where it needs to be, um, giving them guys catchable balls, and trusting that his teammates gonna make the play. He was giving them a fifty-fifty shot. 
and them guys was showing why they elite receivers, and they was catching the ball all over the place. Um, the offense looked smooth. They were able to run the ball, open up them passing lane, open up uh, running lanes, all off of Coke being able to get the ball down the field and being able to uh, get a receiver's opportunity. I don't know if it was just a different game plan that they had for Coke. And they don't run with Tyler. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the situation may have been, but they need to stick to it. Carlos Dansby, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Another sticky situation, Carlos. Uh, earlier in the week, Eno Benjamin gets released. There's been nothing concrete, nothing official, but there was some rumors of maybe an altercation with between Eno and an assistant coach. From your perspective, mm. and you you spent a lot of time in the league, you've been in a lot of locker rooms, you've seen a lot of things. What would an altercation yeah. between a player and a coach have to look like in your mind for a player to get released that quickly? It has, it has to be real bad. It has to be real bad because it happens on a daily basis. Um Coaches get into it with players all the time, especially when the player's not playing up to his potential. Um, the coach want to try to pull it out of them. Uh, but like I said, once again, we all grown men at the end of the day. Um, and it's, it's got to be some respect boundaries in there at some point. And uh, once that line is crossed, then, you know, things like this happen. Um, guys get frustrated. Um, like I said, they're not playing up to their potential. Um, it's a lot of stresses, man. It's a lot of stresses in this game. <laughs> from, from, from family to you being able to go out on the field and perform at the level that you want to perform at. Um, and if it's not going your way, man, you're going to be on edge. And all it takes is the right moment and the right time, somebody to say something sideways to you, uh, and, and, and here we go. It's an altercation. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it happens. It happens a lot. Um, it just don't be talked about. Um, and, like I said, it had to be pretty damn bad for him to get uh, released. Right. The uh, it it happened it happened you're right it happens all the time it's happened with the quarterback in DeAndre Hopkins the quarterback in Cliff Kingsbury this year it famously happened yeah. with your team in the NFC Championship game when Q got sideways with Todd Haley what do you remember mm-hmm. about that what impact did that have oh, on the oh. team <laughs> oh, 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 oh. story hey, time with Los I'm telling you right now Q is a, Q is a passionate guy. Um, and like I said, uh, him and Todd Haley, man, Todd is a passionate guy about his craft. You know what I'm saying? Todd, like I said, he, he, he put the work in too, you know, and, um, uh, both of them feel like, you know, they, they was right in that situation. Um, you know, but it, like I said, they both competitive. They both want to win. And Q want to get the team the best opportunity to win, put the damn ball in my hand. That's way to figure it out. <laughs> right, and and that's what's happening right now with the Cardinals. You got DeAndre Hopkins, AG Green sitting over there, you know, and he hell, why the hell he went on the field earlier this year? I don't know what was happening with that situation. Why he wasn't touching the ball? Why he wasn't getting the calls or find a way to get the ball in his hand? You know, um, yeah. Kyler Murphy, excellent athlete, man. You know what I'm saying? Use it, get him on the edge, give him half the field, let him make the plays, max protect, double move. Let him show his arm strength. Like, let's get back to the basics of football. I know they don't like him under the center like that a lot, but damn, at some point you got to play football. Yeah. You got to be able to do it. And um, you can do it from an ROP, um, RPO standpoint, but people start to catch on to that. Now they ain't respecting the run. Mm. You got to hand the ball off. You got to get, get the offensive line going. Let them get their rhythm going. Like, it's certain things. Get them out in space. Give me some jailbreak screens. Give me some different things that going to keep the defense on the move and keep your offense in rhythm. Because the offense wasn't in rhythm with Kyle Murray at no, all. It wasn't. For the first, first what, six ball games. Mm-hmm. How do you want to look at it? 
Carlos Dansby, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. I got to ask, too, Carlos, while we got you, uh, we're going to see Hard uh, Knocks Episode 2 tonight of the Cardinals. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were part of Hard Knocks and uh, with, with the Dolphins in 2012, right? So if, if, yes, if um, what, what is this team going through with that? You know, for, for somebody who's been through it, how difficult mm-hmm. is it to, to, to stay on your business or was it difficult at all? Um, it's very difficult. Um, the camera's always around. Um, you got to kind of watch what you, you know, what you want to put out there. <laughs> but some, some, some moments you, you, you just can't, you, you can't worry about the cameras. You gotta, you gotta be authentic. You gotta, you gotta be, um, uh, original with who you are, you know, and, um, and you gotta, you know, just tell it like it is, tell them how you're seeing it. And if you're passionate and this is who you are, this is who you, you know, this is how you approach the game. It's, you're going to see it. Everybody's going to see it. So, uh, you gotta be mindful of that. And, you know, you gotta, uh, take that into consideration as you move through, you know, um, your process and, and, and your routine. Yeah. yeah. Last question for you, Los. I, I saw this graphic, and there were only three players who had 1,300 tackles, 40 sacks, 20 interceptions, Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher, and you, Carlos Dansby. That's an amazing company yes, to be in. When you look back on that Super Bowl that was so close, so yes. close, and what it might have meant for all of you to get that ring, mm-hmm. what do you think about that game? How How, how deep are the regrets still? Um, the regrets are, are very deep. Um, we was, like I said, we were super close. Um, it was a dream, you know, that we all had to win, winning that Super Bowl. Um, and the way we got that was, was magical. Uh, we can't take that away. Uh, we still talk about it to this day with several different guys. Um, and like I said, uh, the regrets are deep with me because I, I could have made a couple calls that was, would have changed the game. Um, I think, um, would have gave us better opportunity to to get off the field, um, but that wasn't my call. You know, um, I had to you know be coachable at that moment, and wishing I wouldn't wouldn't have been coachable at that moment, um, <laughs> and, and, and made a, a a different call, but the same concept, but a different call with the same concept. And um, I think we would have been in a better position. Um, they wouldn't have got down the field, and um, the amount of that they got down the field in, and I think it would have ate up more clock, and we'd have been in a better position to win the ball game if I'd have made that um, decision. But oh. I did. I did in practice, though. Yeah, I, did in practice. <laughs> I heard it come through the. I heard it come through the, the headset, and I called the wrong one in practice. Oh. and I made the play. I felt like if I did that same thing in that moment, I would have made the play. How about it? And um, and that's something I gotta I gotta live with. Well, if Antrell Roll would have stayed on the sidelines and and not not gotten in the way of Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> we wouldn't have, be having this conversation, <laughs> man. See, that's 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 the thing. That's the thing. We would have never gotten that situation. We'd have never had that had that had that moment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, we was already had. Well, you're right. We the Antrell situation is cool, but we would still would have won the game <laughs> if I would have went on and called it like I called it. In All practice. right. But, and but, um and I, I like I said I made a mistake in practice and it worked out. If I'd have made a mistake in the game, yeah, I think it would have worked out. Yeah, that's just my thought process. That's, that's that, just me though. That's, that's me holding myself accountable. You know, that's what I'm yeah, saying? man, uh, I, I respect that. <laughs> big of you to put that's that on big yourself, respect. Carlos. Big respect. We're, we're not totally buying it, man. Uh, Carlos, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks Thank for you, making man. time for us today. I'm glad you're doing well. I think so. Thank, Thank you, Carlos that. Dansby, former NFL linebacker, uh, all-time Cardinal. He joined us here on the Arizona <laughs> Great Sports <ball>. Line. <laughs> Always good to have Los on the show. Love Coming that up guy. next, Bick kicks off the second half of the show in fire, style fire. with the Bickley Blast. Will it, it? Is it fire today? Well, is it ever not? It's not sus. It's certainly not <laughs> mid.
It, will bussin, it, will it be bussin'? We'll find out next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.